going to be awesome. Good morning, Freedom Center. I had someone ask me, sir, are we teaching global warming to the kids? No, we're not teaching global warming to the kids. It's about the storms of life. How many of you guys know our kids need to learn about the storms of life and how faith gets you through those things? Sometimes we think faith is this, this thing that I use to get what I want from God. And, and maybe, maybe that's part of it, right? But how many of you guys know faith is almost more importantly used when we don't get what we want from God? How, how do you weather the prison sentence, Paul? How do you get through the beatings, Jesus? How do you get through persecution, Peter? And so we're going to be learning, teaching our kids, a generation of kids that are going to be awesome, better than any generation before, because the kingdom gets brighter and brighter, right? From faith to faith and glory to glory. So good morning. And good morning, Linden Campus, where I say good morning, Linden. Good to see you guys. I feel like we should do, we got the spirit. Yes, we do. We got the spirit. How about you? And then Linden can kind of go off, but we wouldn't hear them. So anyway, good morning. Um, let's get into this. Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4. How many of you guys love the Gospels, the stories of Jesus, man, his teachings, what's happening, what's going on? I think, I think one of the things that we need to get better at is, uh, is allowing the Holy Spirit to engage our imagination so that as we read Scripture, it doesn't, it isn't just this informational text. It's like, how many of you guys know that it would be so much better if you could hear the dogs barking in the background? hear the roosters crowing off in the distance, hear the, the sound of people waking up and doing their thing, the smell of bread being cooked in, in brick ovens, right? And so when we, when we talk about Scripture, especially this one, I want you to use a little bit of your, your God-given ability to envision something that's not there. I don't think anything else God created has that ability. I, my, my bulldog has dreams, but mostly it's about bagels, you know, and being chased by rabbits, things like that. But it's not, it's not like, gee, someday I'm gonna, this beautiful other bulldog's gonna come along and, and we're gonna have three puppies and live in a white doghouse. Like, they don't dream that way. We have this ability to envision what isn't. And here's the cool thing. We can look backwards and use our imagination and we can look forwards and use our imagination. How many of you guys know there is such a thing as a holy imagination? So I want you to use your holy imagination. Imagine this, that you're, you're in that first century church. Um, Jesus, this Galilean rabbi, is on the circuit. He's going around different synagogues, different, different congregational settings. There was the temple, but then there was kind of like, uh, I don't know, like there'd be the Vatican, I guess, in Rome, but then there's Roman churches. That'd be like the temple, and then all the synagogues, individual rabbis leading the various congregations. They would have a yoke of teaching. How do you carry the weight of the law? But then all of a sudden this dude comes along and instead of just kind of repeating stuff, being the funny rabbi or the angry rabbi or the really deep theological rabbi like we might think of teachers today, this guy didn't just come with words. When he came, something else came with him. His name was Jesus or Yeshua. And, and as you're walking towards your synagogue on this Sabbath morning, you realize that what's, what's going on is that it, he's at your synagogue today, and you've heard so much about him. And, and again, as you're walking there, don't step in the horse poop. You know, be careful the dogs that are barking, the chickens and the sheep that got out of the pen and now they're running around. The chaos that is agrarian life so often, right? And this is, this is what it says. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of what? Let me say it again. Teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of what? And this is what comes with this. Now hear me. It's not just a teaching and healing every disease and sickness. Now, how many guys think like disease and sickness sounds redundant? Anybody else? Like healing all the chocolate pudding and just the brown pudding. They're the same thing, right? So disease and sickness, so I looked it up. Uh, disease, believe it or not, means the word disease. I'm happy with that one. 
But sickness doesn't mean the same thing. It's, it's the word uh, melikos, and it comes from the root or the, the pre-word melikeia. Melikeia, it's the word soft. So he healed all of their disease and all their soft. Anybody more confused now than maybe before I started explaining it? I was I'm like, wait, what's that mean? So Malachia, in order to be a Malachia, you must have been a Malachos. A Malachos, and it's a horrible story, and I won't take much time because it's so depressing, but a child would be purchased for the sexual pleasures of the same gendered master who would basically rape the child until the child took on masculine behavior, hair, it was no longer soft, and then it would be sent out into the fields to become a laborer. Here's the problem, though. It doesn't know how to work. This boy has been raped since he was a baby, and he's, he's just an extraordinarily broken lost soul. You with me? So Jesus, hear this. I want you to know this. Jesus didn't just come healing their bodies. Jesus came healing everything that had ever broken them. Good news. The good news of the kingdom. He's healing the outsides. He's healing the insides. Matthew now goes into greater detail. The Bible often says something and then says a larger version of it, and this is what happens here. Matthew continues, news about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases. There it is, diseases. And, and this is, he gets into some detail. Those suffering severe pain. I am proud to announce today that I'm back at my, my pre-maternal genes. I'm no longer wearing maternity clothes after my hernia surgery. Hallelujah. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but how many guys know it? It hurts to wear stretchy pants for a month, too. Just, you just like, I, why, do you, why don't we just wear pajamas? If Paris or London or New York is listening, fashion demagogues, just pajamas. How many guys think flannel is the best color on all mankind, right? Just, just wear it the best, the best color, right? Just like plaid. So various diseases, those suffering severe pain. I'm like, have you ever suffered long-term Severe pain. <laughs> and the young people are like, no. The old people are like, yeah. How many guys like the gospel's favorite, but you have other pills that you like too? And inflammatory pills, pain-killing pills. And so they're, they're living this. You know the number one cause of suicide in the Old West was tooth pain. Because they couldn't imagine a tomorrow that had less pain in it than today. It hurt when they breathed. Hurt when they drank, it hurt when they chewed. They're wasting away, there's no cure for this, nothing I can do, and eventually they just woke up and said, I'm, I'm so, I can't envision something that isn't worse than the day, I might as well end it while I'm still ahead. And so chronic pain, how many of you know chronic pain is grinding on your soul? I've been really tired recovering from this, it was weird. I said, well that's the anesthesia. Well then the anesthesia must have worn off, it's been a week or two, right? I still can't remember names, but I never did before. I went for my surgical follow-up. I walked out. I engaged everybody in conversation in the waiting room because silence drives me crazy. We're facing each other in a room. I'm going to talk. <laughs> we talked about Jesus. They didn't know it, but we did, you know? And uh, so I, I walked out, and I had this look on my face because of something that just happened. And I, and I said, you okay, man? I said, yeah, they just, they just told me I'm never going to play the piano again. They said, really? I said, well, I couldn't play the piano before. <laughs> so they, they all threw stuff at me. It was funny. So it's, but that, that chronic debilitating pain, I, I realized that I wasn't tired from doing anything. I was tired because your body's constantly in pain and it's working, right? Severe pain, demon possession. Um, for me to explain this to you is a little bit difficult, so I, I won't try to go too deep into this, but at one point, a person's mind is theirs and another point, it no longer is. What happened? Well, something promised to serve somebody, 
And when that servant came in, it built a, enough fortress that when, when the person who'd, who'd welcomed that service into their thought life, into their spiritual life, into their physical life, they decided no longer to let that serve them, they're going to do something else, it rose up and said, well, I was your servant, but now I'm your master. Mindsets, addictions. And so they, they turned themselves over. Like, I used to be me, and now I don't know who I am anymore because something else seems to be in control of my life. Or if you know somebody that's suffering from demonic De, uh, possession. I don't mean oppression. I don't mean, I don't mean the other stuff too, the Hollywood version of it where their heads spin around and pea soup comes out of their, their eyeballs. I don't, I don't mean the scary, but, but just the fact that I don't belong to Jesus and I no longer belong to me is a miserable way to live. And those who love people going through that, are you still with me? That's scary. Because I know the person you're supposed to be, I know the person you used to be, and I don't know the person I'm looking at now. Right? That's what's going on. Let me, let me continue. Um, he healed them. Uh, seizures. Can you imagine? Not knowing neurologically, we know today what a seizure is. Just all of a sudden, somebody falls on the ground and starts screaming and frothing, and sometimes they live, sometimes they die. It looks like they're being attacked by something. Paralyzed. We don't, we don't know why legs don't move or arms don't move. And, and I, I, I say all that to say this. Just hear me. Then this is what happened. He taught them. He proclaimed what? The kingdom. And then everything. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Everything that didn't align with the kingdom by the time he left did. There's no demon-possessed people in heaven. And Jesus taught us to pray on earth as it is in your kingdom, your will be. So what I'm trying to say is this. Jesus is not just coming teaching. He's coming displaying. He's bringing with him. I I love it when my grandparents used to visit us when I was a kid because they always brought us stuff. I love it when Jesus visits a congregation. I love it when Jesus visits a worship night. I love it when Jesus, when his presence tangible. I know he's, he's omnipresent, but there's, there's a difference between the omnipresence of God and the tangible presence of God. When we realize he's not just here, he's here to do something. He's here to deliver someone. He's here to, to lift somebody up. He's here to set somebody free. He, he's here to, to de- deliberate lies, to set demonic activity, like to, to run away, and what's left is the kingdom of God. Come on, man. Like that's, that's what Christianity is supposed to be. No, it's not. Christianity is supposed to be a moral code that is stricter than any other religious. Stop it. It's a ghost from the holiness movement. What I'm saying is this, we don't need a ghost from previous movements. We need the Holy Ghost to move today. And when we have that, it's almost like God gives us these these things, right? What's the message of Jesus? Remember, get back to this. What's the message? The message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So this is the message. What's what's the word kingdom mean? It's it's Basiliah. It's a a Greek word. And basically, it means these things. It's authority. It's the right to rule. It's it's a domain of. It's the property without being geological. It's not not the ground. It's it's the boundaries. And within these boundaries, there's authority. It's the power of governance. So king plus his domain is kingdom. Does that make sense? You're getting the connection of the word domain and the word king, right? Kingdom is basically not D-U-M-B, right? D-O-M, the first part of dominion, the power, uh, dominance, right? So the king has power. And wherever the power of the king is, is the kingdom of God. Are you still here, right? So look at some other verses. I want to round this out. But seek first is what? Why is he saying this? Because they're saying, well, but what about my food? And what about my clothes? And what about? Because listen, listen. There's, there's something working that you can't see that is providing for all of these things. 
there's, there's a kingdom of this world, and in that world we need money, and in that world we need wheat, and in that world we need rain, and in that world we need bread. And that, but, but there's something else that is over this world. The kingdom of this world must bow to the kingdom of our God. And so I want you to know, are you guys doing okay today? I'm, I'm teaching a little bit. I don't want to lose you. I'll do a funny story in a minute or something to get you back, right? That this, this, whole, this whole thing, seek first, not that stuff, his stuff. Why? Because it's his stuff that provides that stuff. You don't want that stuff if you have to give up his stuff. So before we wonder which, which is more important, that's more important. Secondly, he goes on, uh, this is Matthew chapter 6, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, wow. Remember that teaching? Hallowed be your name, what's that really mean? Like just wow, right? You are what? Come on, you're what? Your domain, your authority, your basileia, your, your, your rule, your reign, your ways, that which is over our ways. We want to just get rid of this and bring this here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love this. This is more, it doesn't talk about this uh, so much, but there's an authority to it that I wanted to bring your attention. Jesus uh, says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me. And how did he send him? He sent him with Authority, delegated authority. And he says, I now send, come on, Lyndon, I now send, I now send you, right? I now send you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What's happening? The same baptism Jesus got, baptism in water, the Spirit of God descends on him like like a dove. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. That whole scene is playing out again. And instead of Jesus, the Son of God, being the one sent, now it's all the believers in Jesus, the Son of God, who are now the sons and daughters of God. As, as you have, I've been sent, you are now sent. And with that, he breathes on them and gives them the same power that he had. Look at this, Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. The word there is exousia. It, 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 it plays in with the word kingdom, Bessaliah. And, and it means basically that the right to rule and reign, but the power within it. So for instance, back in the old Three Musketeers, not the candy bar, but the day, Porthos, you know, sent by the king, goes and says, I arrest you, D'Artagnan. And D'Artagnan says, by whose authority? And he says, by the authority of the... See, D'Artagnan can't be arrested by Porthos because Porthos has no authority unless, come on, unless Porthos was sent with authority from the king to carry out the king's will within his kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So think of it this way. These words all deal with authority, being sent, kingdom on earth, and, and, and understand this isn't something new. This goes all the way back to the beginning, back to the Garden of Eden. It's interesting. In the Garden of Eden, um, Genesis chapter one, verse 31, where we at time-wise. How many of you guys give me 10 more minutes? How many of you guys know I need 20 and you'll love me anyway? <sighs> Genesis chapter one, verse 31, there's this conclusionary comment where God looks at everything and now it's functioning and he says, that's very good. He said, first day, good. Second day, good. Sixth day, it's not good anymore. It's not tav, the Hebrew word. It's ma'od tav. It's very good. The word ma'od is a multiplier. That's why they say very in the English translation. But it doesn't just mean that. It, it means to capture the potential and release it. It's, it's not just like, that's good. Hey, that ocean's good. Those stars are good. Light, good. Man, woman, it's all done, everything. Now it's very good. Why? Because it has the potential to continue for all eternity. Fill the earth and subdue it. And that's what we get. The last thing he says before that, that pronouncement of Ma'od Tav is this. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Some commandments are 
Easier to obey than others. We'll just say it that way, right? Fill the earth and subdue it. Look at this. What's the next word? Rule. So, so here's this thing of authority again. And this is, I want you to get this. I spared no expense and spent $4 on Amazon to help you to get this. It's, it's like God, you know, said, light be, earth be, stars, moon be, oceans be, tides be. He's, he's unlocking this. And now it is all functioning, and he goes, it's very good. And then what's he do? He hands the key. Are you getting this? The same power, the same authority, the same exousia, the same basiliah, all these words, right? The same dudamus, the same power of creation, of setting things right, of blessing. And he hands the key to his kids, Adam and Eve, and says, now go fill the earth and subdue it. As I have been doing this, and stuff's been happening, I give you the same key that I've been using, the authority of the Almighty. Now take it with you and start unlocking. Go, Mount Everest, yep, let's go unlock that. Mariana's Trench, the bottom of the ocean, let's go unlock that. The, 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 you know, seeing out into the stars so we can see the infinite capabilities of our God's creative power. Take it, unlock it. What I'm saying is this. God made everything with something, if you will, and then he hands that something to people. Do you see it? Are you with me? It's there in the beginning. It's there in the garden. Rule. How? With the authority that I've given you. With the authority I've used, I now want you to use. Now, here's the good news and the bad news. The good news is that's a pretty cool moment in, in human history. Are you with me? Here's the bad news. It, it didn't last, right? There's the fall of man. So the serpent says, well, that's nice, but really, instead of all this key turning and all this travel and all that, do you realize, and here's the lie, it was then and it is now, I've got a better way than God. See, what God said is so last Friday. What God said, I mean, it's nice and all, and it's, it was probably good for a season, but we know so much more now. And this tree of the knowledge of good and evil with the fruit on it, you know, I think what's happening is, is he's keeping you in darkness from this good thing. And, and if you would just take the shortcut, take that key, hand it to me, I'll hold on to it for you. And then without having to do all this, you can just do this, and it's over with. And sure enough, it was over with. Are you still here? So Adam and Eve gave their God-giving key, their rule, their, their basilia, their, their kingdom right, their authority to their enemy, and then the devil started killing, stealing, and destroying. Look, look at the pivot that humanity takes. It's, they're all blessed, everything's great, they're walking with God, and then they hand the key to the devil, and it becomes not the kingdom of our God, but now what the Bible calls the kingdom of this world, or the kingdom of darkness, what God gave them authority to rule and reign over, they surrendered because they believed a lie. Does this sound familiar? Aren't they terrible? No, no, I'm talking about us. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about watching the news. I'm talking about anything that contradicts the narrative of Scripture that tells you who you are because God said it. And we say, well, that's not who I am because, you know, I get it, but, but you know, we've learned a lot since then. The foundational truths of Scripture will be there when the earth no longer is. And so for us to stand in this, right? But here's the good news. God always has a plan. So he sends, he creates his people, Israel, right? He gives them the law. He sends the you know, judges and prophets and kings and priests. They build a, a temple in the days of Solomon and his presence dwells between the, the, the cherubs that are on top of the, the Ark of the Covenant. Bum, 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 right? And a priest would come in once per year wearing a fedora with a whip and a pistol and he would perform. I think I'm confusing stories now, but there it is, right? 
And, and the serpent who deceived Adam and Eve is no longer bodily there as he was in the body of a serpent. But how many of you guys know his lies are no more, uh, are no less believable today than they were then? And, and even in this situation. And here's the lie again. Each generation, for some reason, now don't get mad at me, but listen to me, please. And, and by the way, if you didn't you know, give anything in the offering, this is actually free. Take it or leave it. If you did, then send, send Dina a complaint card. She'll filter them and send me the right ones. But if you, didn't, if you didn't give anything, don't worry about this. This is free advice. But let me just say this. this. This thought that each generation believes that they're smarter than their predecessors. And I said this a couple weeks ago, but again, my grandfather's truck had instructions of how to, how to adjust the valves that required opening the valve, opening the engine. You can see the pistons and the valves. And his, his owner's manual, the average person should be able to adjust their own valves. My owner's manual, when I bought my truck, said, be careful not to drink the battery fluid. <laughs> and just in case you didn't read that, there's a cartoon of somebody drinking the battery fluid with a Ghostbusters sign over the top of it. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure we're smarter. I'm just saying. We know more than God. Our ways are better than God's ways. We're more enlightened than previous generations. And certainly we do know some things that are wonderful to know and are empirically, scientifically true. And there's a lot of theories and BS, bologna sandwiches. What'd you think I meant? <laughs> Lyndon knew what I meant, didn't you? Yeah, he did. All right. And then, and then hear me. And then God says, okay, no more maintaining, no more managing. It's time to redeem. And he sends Jesus. Come on. The prophecies are fulfilled. A virgin gives birth. Jesus lives a sinless life, dies an atoning death, a covering death on the cross. He's resurrected from the dead on the third day. He fills the church with the Holy Ghost at Pentecost. And then he offers to all of us, it's time to go back to the garden and get it all back. It's time to not play defense. How many of you know the church of Jesus Christ never once in the book of Acts plays defense? Why? Because we're not a defensive kingdom. Light doesn't go, I'll proceed. Oh, there's darkness? No, never mind. Light goes where light goes. Saul's like, I'm going to affect that. Well, not that because, you know, I, you know. Matter of fact, salt that believes it doesn't affect anything is worthless, Jesus says. Salt that loses its saltiness, right? So God didn't change his mind. Piano guy, join me if you would. God didn't change his mind. Uh, about mankind and his plan didn't change it was postponed so here's my plan it blows up all right let's get a people they go through water they believe god they wander in the wilderness they, they go through water again and now they end up in the promised land and that's going great except it didn't and before that everything got blown up so there's noah noah goes through water he comes through the other side he gets drunk and naked okay all right so you know, Israel, and now, okay, we go back, and now we've got, and it's almost like, hear me, when Jesus comes, he pees people through water, the Jordan River, he brings them out in the promised land. Do you guys see a repeating narrative? But here's the difference. We're not one more time. We're the last time. In the last days, God says, I'm gonna pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters. Even on your men's servants and maiden servants, I'm gonna pour out my spirit. Signs wonders in the heavens and, and I want you to hear me like look at the scripture Matthew chapter 16 he says I will give you what to what the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are synonyms heaven is 
God's throne, if you will, the kingdom of heaven. This, it's like saying the, the White House said. We, we assume that it's not the White House that has a mouth and goes, hello. You know what I mean? It's, it's not the White House speaking. It's, so the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are the same basaliah. It's the kingdom. It's the domain of the king. I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So now what do we do? <laughs> we go back to where it all started. It's time to fill the earth and subdue it. We live in a generation where if you believe the narration of the world around us, we're outnumbered. There's no hope. We're diminishing in our effect. It's only a matter of time. I know because I, I read the news, what God's doing on the planet. How many of us know, and this is not to indict newspapers or people that write them, but those demonic rags... That's supposed to be funny. If your faith comes from reading the news, your faith will be severely handicapped. But if your faith comes from reading the book of Acts, the Gospels, the words of Jesus, Romans, Exodus, the first two pages of the Bible, God's creative glory exploding everything from nothing. The word there is bada. It means it doesn't, it doesn't mean to remodel something. It means there was nothing and boom, there was something. Same word that David used, created me a clean heart. That word create, it's bada. It's this, it's a, I, I don't want you to remodel me. I want you to tear me down and build me back into something I never was. He was wounded for our transgressions. Did you guys know that Jesus was? He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that bought us peace is on him and by his stripes. Come on, we are healed so I'm you know I'm just I'm just a guy with a 1.8 GPA from Lakeland High School quoting the Bible and you need to do something with the words that we talked about today because I don't feel like today is a normal message and, and I would even do one one last thing remember that that first scripture we healed all their sickness and disease let me tell you what's happened that's what Jesus did but what is Jesus doing well he did it why because he had the keys and what's he doing? He's handing out keys. <laughs> what's he doing now? The Holy Spirit's handing out keys. Yeah, th- this is what I have. I did it. And what I had, I now give you. Go and make disciples of all nations. As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. With that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What's he doing? He's, he's handing out keys. So I'll go back to a, a non-coordinated word that we got from our worship team today. Brennan said, man, how many guys want boldness? Well, that, that really is an echo of the message he'd never heard. I think God's saying something. I think God's saying that, man, if I could just change my expectation, just change my mind, just change through those things the course of my life, it's almost, it's almost as if heaven is, is within my grasp. Like, right, if I were to reach out, I might actually be able to take a hold of it this time and it could take a hold of me and the power of God, the keys of the kingdom, the basaliah, the dudamus, the exousia, the power, the authority of a kingdom we can't see would be seen in the realm that we can. And I have seen miracles. I have seen miracles. I've seen people who weren't expected to live that lived. I've seen, I've seen a junior high school student stand on the end of a soccer field in some barrio around Mazatlan on the mission strip with his hands up because that barrio needed to hear the gospel 
And in, and in his 13-year-old little stupid heart, he ran away to do this. I wanted to kill him when I found him until you know, a miracle happened. Then, okay, you get away with it, right? He's on the front. He's just saying, it can't rain. God, it can't rain. These people need to hear the gospel. God, it can't rain. And a, and a, a tropical deluge rained there, 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 and there, and never rained here until the gospel was preached. 13-year-old. Why? Because he was just dumb enough to stand at the end of a soccer field and say, I, I think I know who you are. And it's like he took the key and said, it will not rain until God is done speaking. Whether you're not allowed to speak until God is done speaking. Do you hear what I'm saying? So here's the thing. Oh, that's impossible. That's hard. That's, that's, our expectations are built on, nah, I don't know, stuff that probably shouldn't. Let's just put it that way. So what should our expectations be built on? Let's just set a goal. Remember Jesus went throughout. What if, what if we took the word Jesus out and we put in your name? Or we put in the men's coffee. We put in the youth group. We put in the young adult ministry. Next gen went throughout their communities teaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease. Remember what disease is? And every sickness. Remember what sickness is? Healing it. And healing every disease and sickness among the people. People brought to, to blank, to next gen, to the women's Bible study, to your home, your group, or you. They, they brought to you all who are ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed. And Jesus, come on, what do you do? We're not supposed to read the book of Acts as much as we're supposed to live the book of Acts. So Father, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One week from today, we're dedicating an hour of just worship. We literally, before we even thought about this, began your prayer that you taught us, Jesus. Our Father in heaven, wow. Well, what, what comes after wow? In the prayer and in our lives. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I suppose at some point we'll get the daily bread and forgiving our enemies and, you know, not leading us into temptation. But I feel Holy Spirit right now, what you're telling us to do is to focus on our Father. Wow. Hey, why don't you bring your stuff here when you come? And why don't you do anything you want and we'll get out of your way. We won't be even afraid to ask anymore. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heads are bowed. Listen, eyes are closed. If today you feel like God's a million miles away from you, theologically that, that is not true. In other words, the reality is we study God. Theology is the study of God, the knowledge of God. We've learned that he's everywhere, which means he's here. We've learned that he's omnipresent, which doesn't just mean he's here. He, he's been here, and he's going to be here. He's everywhere, and he, he never changes that, that position. And if that is true... And we have to ask the question, why is he here? I believe that God is here because you are here. And he's waited for a very long time 
to hear you say a simple prayer, a prayer of trust, a prayer of obedience, a prayer of, of uh, I give up, <laughs> a prayer of surrender. If you're not right with God, I, I get the thought of I need to work out before I go to the gym because I'd be embarrassed. But God doesn't work that way. You get in shape because you're out of shape, you know? You, you come to Jesus because you need him. A broken and contrite heart, the Bible says, God does not despise. So if you're a long ways from him, it's, it's not that you are, it's that you haven't opened your eyes. And so I'll just say this, repent, change, change what you see. Because the king and his kingdom are here. And if you were to reach out right now, you could touch him and take hold of him and allow him to take hold of you. So, Father, everything that stands between our hearts and yours, we ask right now, come on, let's do this together, church. God, remove it. Take it away. We don't want it. Useless, silly, temporary, gossipy, filthy, bleh. Please, Jesus, wash us away. Matter of fact, bada, create in us a clean heart. Create, not, not something remodeled, something painted over. We all know what happens when you paint over rust. It just rusts through again. We don't, we don't want it to rust through again. Grind it down, God. Melt it down and create a heart that we've never had before this moment. I just, I just want to close with this, okay? You're like, I want this last thing. And you're like, this, this last thing, okay? Do you want the keys to the kingdom? Do you want Jesus to hand you the authority to be his ambassador, the power to do what he's called you to do? Miraculous stuff, beautiful, powerful things where he gets all the glory for it. Do you want that? If you, if you do them, just do this. Just Would you just hold out your hands like in front of you? like you're going to receive something. Jesus, we receive from you today the keys of the kingdom. I, I know it's not this physical thing in my hand. It's this, it's this repentant heart that sees the world differently than I did just 30 minutes ago. God, we receive the authority. We receive the domain of the king. We operate under a different set of rules. We're going to seek first we're going to pray for the kingdom. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to realize that we're sent. That Yes, we just send a bunch of young people to go on a missions trip. But when I say amen and we leave this room, we are no less sent on a missions trip. We've been reading the book of Acts saying, why doesn't it happen? Help us not to read it anymore. Help us to apply it and live it. And we thank you for the forgiveness of sins, the healing of bodies, the advancement of your kingdom. Until Holly has been nicknamed Holy, God. Until Swartz Creek is the, the, the place of living water, you know. Until Fenton is more than just a place where a guy lost a poker game so he could name the city after himself, you know. Jesus, let your kingdom come. Come on, church, pray that with me right now, would you? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Come on, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. All right. Stand your feast. Uh, your, stand your feast. It's time to go to Mega, I guess. Stand your feet. Hug two or three people and say, man, come on.
Just look them in the eye. I love you. You're on a missions trip. Go have a blast. And we'll see you again very soon.